With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are YWales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, YWales, wherever you are. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, today is a really exciting one. So we have Mark with Numio here. And I think it's really interesting because now we have, again, starting to move into a little bit more of the protocols that we want everyday uh, people to use. A little bit less of the, the crazy DeFi protocols that are you know incredibly complicated. And Numio seemed, seems to really be trying to solve that what can my mom use? What can other people use? Um, and have a really interesting, you know, kind of out, outtake on this. Uh, so, you know, uh, Stefan, did you have any quick opening statements? Otherwise, we can uh, introduce Mark here. No, let's go ahead with Mark. I'm super excited. He's doing a bunch of cool stuff that I'm really interested to learn more about. Yeah. So, so Mark, you are, um, this is, this is a very in-depth project, um, and a lot there and a, a very long in-depth roadmap. Um, but before we get into Numio, let's, let's go like way back and, and how did you get into blockchain crypto and, and what kind of, uh, led you up to this project? Yeah, sure. And, and thank you guys for having me on the, uh, on the show and coming out to chat. Uh, hopefully, uh, everyone who's listening can, can learn a, uh, a little new piece of information and, uh, come out of this talk um, smarter. But uh, a little background on myself. Uh, I have been in the, in the crypto industry for a few years now. Um, I do not actually have like a corporate background. Um, I really got into crypto uh, back when I was in high school. Um, I was a senior in high school. I started basically learning about Bitcoin. Really had no clue what it was. I just kind of bought it and kind of let it play around, just played around with it for about a year or so. Um, got into college and ended up selling all the Bitcoin that I had because I wanted to go out, have fun, and be a college guy. Um, but um, and then about a couple of years later, uh, some stuff happened to me. Um, I had some health issues. Um, I ended up being bedridden, um, and I had to leave school. And um, it was it was a weird time uh, in my life. And um, during that time. I basically was like, oh, I started learning about Bitcoin and I, I'd like to sort of learn more about what this technology is, how it works. And I started reading the, the Bitcoin white paper and this was back in, uh, in 2016. And I really fell into the rabbit hole at that point. Um, I started uh, reading about Bitcoin, reading about Ethereum. Um, and after essentially just reading about these things and um, reading up on forums, uh, whether it be uh, Reddit, Bitcoin Talk, um, I just started to write. Um, I really hope that no one finds my old articles that I wrote because I'm pretty sure half of them were completely awful. Uh, but I just started writing and kind of putting my thoughts um, onto paper about some of the uh, the projects that we were that were being built and some of the new things that people were working on. Um, and at that point in time, I, I really decided um, that I wanted to sort of help support some of these organizations that we're building. Um, and I got involved with an organization uh, back in late 2017, early 2018, uh, called Cryptocurrency Investing Network. 
Um, it was a massive, massive uh, network of individuals on different types of social platforms, primarily Facebook. Um, and I led all the uh, all the business development and, and sales for them. So basically, um, helping to give projects more exposure. Um, we were working with teams from ideation stage to teams that were uh, with a market cap of multiple billions of dollars. Um, so it was a really cool experience. It was like my first tri- like true job in the, in the crypto world. Um, <laughs> frankly, I made that M- job. MBA, MBA by fire. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, f- I, I finally got my MBA uh, la- a year or so ago. Um, okay, good for you. Just been doing that on the side. Um, I don't recommend doing like working like, 60 hours a week plus doing like accelerated school. It, it kind of sucks. <laughs> um, didn't really have that much of a social life because of that, but um, I definitely learned a lot. Um, so I was working with that group uh, for about a year to a year and a half and then decided that I wanted to get more involved um, as being a builder and actually involved in the ecosystem rather than just supporting a variety of projects. Um, so I started getting involved with the open source space um, and started working with a, a variety of projects. Um, I started a company back in 2018, in the latter part of 2018, called Hydro Labs. Uh, built some really cool things there. Um, and that sort of fizzled out and um, sort of transitioned into what is now known um, as, as Numio. Um, so the team that I was working with back then uh, we basically switched gears on what we were, uh, were what we were working on, and um, it essentially transitioned into what is obviously now Numio. Fabulous. So, so I mean, listen, a lot of entrepreneurial spirit around there, and you dove right in, and and you know, truly, I can almost say you have an MBA in crypto um, because that was your really, as you said, kind of your business exposure was to cryptocurrency based companies um, before you were ever exposed to you know a, a general corporate org chart. What was you know what was kind of some of the interesting things as you went to 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 MBA went and got your MBA? Um, I, I'm doubting many others were in your industry. What was kind of was there any like really big culture clashes of how you were used to working versus traditional corporate America or, or traditional corporate? Um, well, it, it was really interesting, sort of the transition of how that operated. So obviously, like when I was working within the crypto world, everything was completely remote. Like I didn't really meet pretty much anyone that I was working with. And obviously when I was going down the MBA path, pretty much everything was in person. Um, And I was a part of that whole COVID year uh, getting my MBA where um, everything literally had to transition to being completely online. And a lot of people had a lot of difficulty with that. Whereas like myself, I was like, okay, I'm just going to sort of type away and we can just talk online. I don't have to meet you guys. We just have to make sure we're staying accountable, getting our tasks done, and we are able to communicate. Um, Obviously, some people had a lot of difficulty with that, but um, some people were perfectly fine with it. They were like, sure, let's just do this. I don't have to go to class. It's great. Um, But that transition was, was very interesting to see how some people reacted um, in a positive way, and some people were just like basically falling to pieces. Um, and it was interesting uh, the experience of starting a company at that same point in time because um, we we started Numio basically in the middle of the pandemic um, or at the start of the pandemic, 
and doing that alongside everything that we're doing with, with my MBA. And I was like, I'm basically doing and learning all of these things Monday through Friday. And obviously if I have time on the weekends with everything that I'm doing for my MBA. Um, so it was basically like I was taking an MBA course by running and starting this company, um, it's for, which, yeah, no, I was, mean, it's really interesting when you, when, you know, the comparisons you're making, and I think it's prevalent because now everyone's used to being online, you know, it's the, the reverse, it's flipped almost the reverse. Everyone's used to being online. Some people prefer it. I, I spent all day here in, uh, you know, the, this virtual world. Um, so I think it's gonna be very interesting as, as web three grows, the fact that those have adopted, uh, you know, a decentralized office space and your remote, remote working, uh, will adapt a lot faster. So that was a very interesting one. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it's going to be very, I'm very curious to see like how that all um, develops. Um, and I, there, There's a lot of people who say like one way or the other in terms of like going to college, getting an MBA, because it's very, it's very interesting, like a lot of people in Web3, like some praise it, some are just like, no, don't do it, like you don't need it, things like that. Um and I guess you can go both ways in, in terms of that regard. Um, but there is definitely like a lot of value that I got uh, from it. I definitely learned uh, a lot more from starting a company as opposed to just doing an MBA because I was kind of double dipping in that regard. Um, but uh, it was quite a fascinating experience. Um, I'm glad that I'm not doing school <laughs> anymore uh, because that was, that was a lot having to do both of that. Um, so now I'm glad that I can just focus all of my time on crypto and work and not have to worry about doing school stuff on the weekends. For sure. So Numio is a mobile application. We were the first app to natively support ZK rollups and the first on ZK Sync. Uh, if you are not familiar with uh, what ZK rollups are, it is a technology that helps a blockchain to scale with sacrificing a limited amount of uh, security. So it's basically secured by its underlying uh, network, in this case, Ethereum. And so we are a mobile application, and our goal is to help bring people who are very experienced around cryptocurrency, as well as noobs, uh, people like your mom, your dad, your uncle, your wife, um, brother, kids, whatever it may be, uh, to basically get into the space and begin to interact with some of these new and innovative technologies. Uh, because uh, we do understand that Ethereum is uh, a very powerful technology, but it's not going to be used by all the retail people out there. And so we are building uh, the solution to essentially bridge that to millions and hopefully to billions of people around the world. Awesome. So, so what? So you you started with Ethereum. Was this ever on Ethereum, or did you go straight to a rollup? Um, so when we launched the app, the app launched in December of God, it was twenty twenty. Geez, uh, we launched it in December of twenty twenty, and um, it had two networks that it essentially supported, uh, which was zk sync and Ethereum mainnet. Uh, when you are interacting with a solution like zk sync. Um, you also want to have it supporting uh, Ethereum because it is natively secured and supported 
by Ethereum. So people who are interacting with that ecosystem generally are going to be coming from Ethereum mainnet onto layer two um, or onto ZK Sync or the variety of other layer two solutions out there. Um, so obviously we had to make sure that we do support uh, Ethereum mainnet in that aspect. Uh, but the main focus and driver about what we are doing is building in these scaling solutions uh, on top of Ethereum for people to interact and use. And we are very much focused around the UI UX aspect, so people can essentially use it in a very seamless manner. Oh, yeah, that's super cool. So I'm curious, how come you guys went with ZK Sync? I mean, there's so many options these days. Like, why did you go with that one? Uh, sure. So there, there are a variety uh, of reasons as to why we did that. Um, so when we were basically breaking down in terms of, of scaling solutions, so a little bit of background, uh, we launched an MVP, um, or I helped to launch one back in 2019. Yeah, 2019 um, was building on OMG Network, um, previously known as Omise Go, now known as Boba Network. Uh, we were building out an MVP on Plasma and realized that everything that was being built around Plasma was probably not going to work out very well long-term. Um, obviously, that has sort of been the case. All the teams that were building around Plasma have essentially pivoted, um, obviously uh, being Omisa Go as well as Matic Network. Um, those were the, the two main drivers who were building in that ecosystem. And so we essentially realized that long-term, it's probably not going to be a great scaling solution. So at that point in time, we started looking at a lot of the scaling solutions that were being built and uh, that were being researched at that point in time. Uh, the main ones, obviously, were, uh, were optimistic rollups and, and ZK rollups. Um, back at, I think it was at DevCon uh, that year, um, the Optimism team essentially did a, a little bit of a preview of what they were building uh, for, uh, for Optimism. It was their UniPig um, preview. Um, or demo, I should say, and it was it was incredibly impressive. Um, the only downside for where we were at at that point in time is that no optimistic rollup had actually launched. They were all on testnet, um, and no optimistic rollup was frankly launched until I would say mid twenty twenty or, or mid last year. Gosh, I'm, I'm losing touch. Yeah, yeah 21. Yeah, yeah, you're off by a year. Yes. But close. <laughs> yeah, I'm losing touch of all my years. It's COVID, man. It's, it's driving me so nuts. That's what you're remote at home by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when we started uh, essentially working on um, what we were essentially going to be supporting in the app, um, obviously no optimistic rollups were supported that, at, at that point in time. So we kind of had to, to scrub those. Um, and we were looking at a variety of ZK rollups that were being built. Um, the main one that we were looking at, obviously, are still focused around is, is ZK Sync. Um, they are essentially building the first uh, EVM-compatible ZK rollup. Um, the big downside to a ZK rollup at this point in time is that they are not uh, EVM-compatible. There are no ZK rollups that are EVM-compatible. Um, I would say that the only one that is able to currently support uh, smart contracts um, is Starkware, and that's on uh, StarkX and soon to be uh, StarkNet once that goes onto onto mainnet. Um, but that's obviously not EVM compatible. Um, 
Yeah. So I'm curious on that. Wait. So so Starknet uses Cairo, right? So, That's correct. But are you saying on uh, on zk sync, you literally just it's just a fully EVM compatible. And like you could whatever copy and paste Ave to zk zinc and then have it just run, or is it then more of a process than that? Currently, no. So right now, zk sync is running on what is known as zk sync one point x um, or one point zero. Um, I, I say one point x because I pushed out an upgrade in about the middle of last year, and um, once they release uh, zk sync two point um, as a part of that, there's going to be two main uh, things that they're that they're going to release, or frankly, three. Um, one is that zk sync 2.0 is going to natively support smart contracts. Um, they have their own programming language, which is called Zinc. Zinc, you can think of it as a soft fork of Rust. It's basically it's a very very similar programming language uh, to Rust. Um, and as a part of that, they are also releasing a, um, a compiler. So this compiler will allow you to take pretty much any type of Solidity or Viper code and allow you to essentially drop it into this black box, uh, this transpiler, say this transpiler is the black box, and it'll just spit out the code. And obviously, if the code works properly, it'll just spit it out. But if there is an error with the code as a part of this transpiler or compiler, um, then it will say that there is an error and it will not actually compile any of the code. So it will not be translated into zinc. And that will effectively allow for ZK sync to then become uh, EVM compatible. Um, so that means that literally oh, super cool. every single smart contract out there is going to be able to live in a scalable environment. Um, and one of the other things that we were sort of looking at as a part of this is the sort of the comparison with an optimistic rollup and a ZK rollup. Uh, because right out of the gate, an optimistic rollup is fully EVM compatible. Like it's, it's awesome. So right away when you're using an optimistic rollup, um, you don't have to really make any changes whatsoever. Um, you can just go and deploy onto whether it be like Arbitrum or Optimism or Boba Network um, or Metis. There are just a variety of optimistic rollup solutions. You can go and deploy your Solidity code on there, and it will be able to run on the um, that virtual machine on this layer two. Um, it's great because you have about ten x a ten x decrease in terms of uh, gas costs. Um, the downside when you're looking at comparisons between a ZK rollup and an optimistic rollup um, is that the security guarantees for a ZK rollup are quote unquote higher because you're using cryptography as opposed to fraud proofs. Um, though I'm not really concerned too much about that uh, long term, um, especially once Ethereum moves into, uh, into proof of stake uh, this year. Um, but the other aspect is in terms of gas costs. So right now, um, ZK rollups are significantly more scalable and require significantly less gas uh, than that of an optimistic rollup. Um, so as of right now, the long-term scalability and feasibility for these scaling solutions is have, I would say is heavily weighed in the favor of ZK rollups. Um, and so that's why a lot of our focus has been around, around that technology because I'm not going to lie, building in support for ZK rollups 
definitely right now is definitely a lot more difficult. Um, so we wanted to focus on what we believe and what we know is going to be the some of the best long-term scaling solutions for Ethereum or frankly any layer one blockchain. And we want to make sure that we get those supported. Um, so as these ecosystems continue to scale and grow, um, we're able to essentially grow alongside them and provide that that user experience to interact with those ecosystems. So, so to to tack on to that question, you know, I think it's important to explain why you're going to all this trouble when the Ethereum network is right there and it's clearly able to be used, um, you know, natively in what the case is. But I'm guessing that your user base has no interest in in the transaction fees that would come from raw, you know, Ethereum transactions. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and I would say by the end of 2022, uh, um, I would say probably n- over 99% of all retail activity is not going to be occurring on mainnet. Um, it's going to be occurring on a variety of layer twos. Um, so one really good way to get an understanding in terms of how layer two adoption is actually going on is uh, if you go to um, some of the... Um, some of the websites that provide a lot of analytical data around uh, block explorers or just like gas guzzlers for Ethereum, we're starting to see a lot of these layer two solutions starting to really creep up and pop up in like the top 10, top 25, uh, even top five gas guzzlers on Ethereum mainnet. So what does that mean? That means that more and more people are starting to use and migrate onto layer two because they're getting the same, if not better experience, and they're saving a significant amount of money in their own pocket from network fees. Um, what, what do you, how do you feel that, what do you think that says about the ecosystem? That, you know, the mainnet is, you know, again, behind schedule on, on version two. Um, and, and again, the overall ecosystem is now becoming more and more fragmented. And I think it's great that there's, you know, people mm-hmm. will always find a solution. And that's the whole thing of permissionless is like, we'll figure it out. But you know, is just hearing the the dev chant dev problems that you're trying to solve, as well as knowing knowing that there's dozens, if not hundreds, of other rollups coming. Is that a is that a sustainable ecosystem when there's just that much fragmentation in and around a single layer one? Um, so, just to give clarity, when Ethereum scales, it will scale by about sixty four x. If we expect for Ethereum to be able to provide that scalability for millions, if not billions of people around the world, it's going to fail. It it is not able to provide that scalability. So when we're we're introducing sharding, there will be 64 shards um, on Ethereum. Obviously, the core one will be the beacon chain, um, and then there will be additional shards on the network. And so that will allow Ethereum to scale by by about 64x uh, from what it does currently, and that that's not necessarily going to be able to scale on a on a global level for everyone anywhere around the world to be able to to use it. It's still going to be incredibly expensive, and that's where a lot of this the scaling technology comes into place for all of those people to use. So you can think of Ethereum; it's not necessarily going to be where you actually interact with. Ethereum is essentially transitioning into uh, what's going to become a settlement layer for a variety of, of blockchains because there is no doubt and 
no one can really argue that Ethereum is the most decentralized and the most secure smart contract blockchain in the world. We absolutely, we absolutely can argue it, but it, you know, we've, we've also met the Ethereum fanboys and we don't like to piss them off. (laughs) (laughs) This is fair. Um, but the thing is, will it be in like two years or five years or 10 years, whatever it may be? I, I don't know. I, I hope that there are more chains that come out and say, and essentially prove that they're able to be bigger and better and faster. Like, I, I want that. I want to see that uh, because that's where this permissionless nature comes in and um, and the beauty of innovation comes into place. Um, so I really hope that it's not able to be the best. Um, I, I know it comes down into, I guess, like arguments in terms of whether it is or isn't. Um, doesn't really matter. But um, one of the other aspects uh, that you were mentioning was about uh, fragmentation in terms of liquidity. Um, and that is, that obviously is a, a problem or a potential problem uh, when it comes to fragmenting liquidity across a variety of, whether it be a layer one or even a variety of layer twos. Um, and this is where a lot of really powerful middleware comes into place. Um, and these are bridges. Uh, so these are allowing you to bridge funds from a variety of layer one chains and a variety of layer two chains without ever having to interact uh, with mainnet at any point in time. And as a part of those, you can also operate swaps through these bridges. Um, So for example, there are bridges like Connects Network, uh, Hop Protocol, uh, Layer 2 Finance, which is being built by uh, by Seller Network. Um, There's Ferrum Network. I know they're working on a a bridge as well. and there's a whole bunch of other ones um, in addition to that. And they allow you to seamlessly move funds from point A to point B in a very cheap and uh, inexpensive fashion. And on top of that, you can also operate swaps on top of those bridges. Uh, we're starting to see protocols uh, like uh, Live Finance um, who are operating as aggregators on top of these. So you can find essentially the best price execution from a certain bridge and seamlessly do that yeah. with just bouncing from chain to chain or bouncing from L2 to another chain or vice versa. It, it's become it's becoming a little chaotic out there. I'm excited for uh, the roll up of the roll ups. So, but let's let's pull way back to to uh, Numio and you know there's also Vault. So we've got two two projects I want to make sure that we cover. All right, so we're we're taking a look at the Numio site, and I want to go to uh, page two and just kind of walk through a few things and, and really ask some questions around uh, some of the features you have here. So obviously we just went through uh, Ethereum and why you built it. We all we all understand uh, you know that everybody wants to uh, to buy be able to buy cryptocurrency easy and sell cryptocurrency easy. Um, you are in control. So you are, these are, how is your wallets designed that you're saying that they're, um, you don't have control. So do that, do the owners hold the keys or how's this managed? Sure. So when you are interacting with, with the wallet, when you're creating an account, um, on the Numio app, all of the public and private key pairs are actually generated on the device. So we do not have access to anybody's funds, nor do we want to have access uh, to anybody's funds. Uh, so it's fully non-custodial. Uh, we don't custody uh, any funds whatsoever. Um, so when you are creating a wallet, uh, you have full control over your funds and what you do with them. 
Awesome. Hey, do I have, can I use MetaMask as well, or I have to use your wallet? Um, so that's entirely up to you. That's why it's, it's the beauty of, of Web3. Um, if you want to use our app, you are more than welcome to. If you don't, we can't stop you. Uh, because you have access to your private key. You can go and take that private key and import it into any other uh, Web3 wallet. Um, or you can go and take a private key from another Web3 wallet, import it right into Numio, and you're off to the races. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't we can't stop you with what you're with what you're doing with uh, with your funds and what you're doing with your account. Uh, that's entirely up to you. What are th- but so Numio then basically does all the trading for you, etc. But you, I mean, it's really, is it a DEX or is it like, how, how would you compare it? I guess, sure. H- how would you differentiate it from a DEX versus a wallet? I guess it feels like it's kind of in between there. So we are a wallet. Uh, that is our priority. Number one, uh, we are a wallet that allows you to essentially interact with a variety of things that are built inside of the Ethereum ecosystem, um, especially on, primarily on layer two, um, so if you want to trade on DEXs, you can do that through the app. So our goal is to focus primarily on the UI and UX aspect and abstracting as many of the complexities as possible uh, from the end user. Um, so we are not building our own DEX. Um, we don't really have a, a plan to at the moment. Uh, we are primarily focused on providing you the best experience on top of uh, Ethereum. Fabulous. What are the different levels of security you offer and, and how are those managed? Because generally it's either on or off for security. Yes. Uh, and so this is one of the things that, uh, and I'll give you a little backstory in terms of where this sort of came from. So when we launched the app, um, we were very much noob focused. We wanted to be able to bring anybody and their mother and brother uh, basically into the app and be able to start using crypto. So we built out um, some some pretty cool technology which uses keyless security. Uh, so if you are not familiar with uh, public and private key pairs or you just don't really understand seed phrases or anything like that, um, then we are helping to abstract some of those complexities uh, inside of the application. So you're able to essentially back up and encrypt your account uh, through your facial biometrics. We do not have access to any of that data. It's all completely encrypted. So when you are going and creating your account, your account is essentially able to be um, recovered or decrypted through your facial biometrics. And when we were launching the app, um, we had a lot of interesting feedback. We had some people who were like, whoa, this is really awesome. This was super, super easy. I love this. And then from some of like the hardcore crypto people, they were like, I don't want you scanning my face. Like, <laughs> no, like, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. And we we're like, oh, all right, crap. Well, I guess it's kind of back to the drawing board because we want to approach both sides of, of, of this because we want to be able to offer keyless security because there's a massive amount of people who do not understand that whatsoever and are going to lose access to their account. But we also want to uh, especially provide uh, access and um, service to people who are very much into crypto. They're complete degenerates like myself. And maybe they are very, um, I would say, uh, curious when it comes to, um, I guess, their personal security. Um, and so 
they were like, we don't want to have our face scanned. And so what we did is during the onboarding experience, we decided to essentially give you more control in terms of what best suits you. So if you do not understand um, private key security, seed phrases, and things like that, great. You can choose our, uh, our standard backup, which allows you to backup your account using your facial biometrics. But if you're a more advanced user, you don't really want to go down that route, um, then we have an advanced backup, uh, which just allows you to get your seed phrase and be off to the races. You don't have to do anything else. You don't even have to give us an email or phone number or anything. Um, you can basically stay pseudo-anonymous um, because we want to we want to give you that, that control um, and that, I guess, privacy if you choose to have it. And... So when we basically went back to the drawing board on that and launched that, and everyone was like, "This is this is great. I really really like the customization that you are giving us um, because people want to have those types of options. They don't want to be forced into doing something that they might not be comfortable with." Um, so that was one of the one of the first, I would say, initial reactions that we got. That was uh, some people liked and some people definitely did not like. Um, but, um, no, listen, there's, there's no making anyone, you know, happy in this, but, uh, you know, listen, it's anything's better than these little, these little thumb drive things that they're forces to use. <laughs> Pretty much. So, yeah. So on the identity side, again, you're, so you're doing KYC, um, compliance for, for future protocol use. Um, sort of. So inside of the app, it is completely optional if you want to do the, um, I guess, like the KYC aspect. Um, it is very different from any other uh, KYC solution that you've probably used before. Um, it's completely pseudo-anonymous. Uh, so we do not keep any personal, uh, I guess, private personal information um, about any of our users. Uh, the only thing that is stored on our servers is just a hash of information or basically a check mark saying that you have been verified, uh, essentially cross-referencing all of the things that we check for uh, during this verification process, which is all done using um, AI and ML. Um, so if you want to do that, you're more than welcome to. Um, if you don't, you don't have to. You're going to be able to get the same exact experience um, as anybody who did it. Um, obviously, the advantage to completing that is you're able to gain access uh, to different types of promotions and and things like that, whether it be like airdrops um, and, and all of that fun stuff. Because we just want to make sure as a U.S.-based company um, that we are operating in as much of a compliant manner um, as we possibly can. Don't worry, they'll change the rules on you in a few minutes. So, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. So right now it is it's buy, uh, send, receive is the functions of Numio, correct? Or and as well as again, kind of the, the security things around it. But in your roadmap, which is down a, a couple pages on your website, you know clearly you want to be involved in DeFi protocols and, and NFTs and everything else in and around here, correct? Yes, that's correct. So we launched uh, in late last year, uh, we launched for support um, on, we launched with support for L1 trading uh, with Paraswap. Um, we were expecting for them to go live on ZK Sync. Um, unfortunately, that got a little bit uh, delayed on their part. So um, we have been essentially waiting for that to go live. And actually in the next uh, 
version of the application. We're going to be going live uh, with layer two trading inside of the app. So you'll be able to essentially trade. Um, I think the network fees are like 50 cents uh, to a dollar. Um, and you'll be able to trade on a variety of different types of tokens. So it's going to be going live in the next version of the application, um, as well as support uh, for NFTs. Uh, so NFT support is going to be going live in the next version of the app. Um, and then we are actively working on support um, for DeFi. So um, there are a few DeFi protocols that we are currently working on supporting, uh, which are Yearn, Aave, and Compound. Um, one of the things that we are going to be doing is building in uh, pooling, or I, I should just call it DeFi pooling on layer two. So you'll be able to essentially uh, invest into these types of um, interest-bearing assets to um, essentially gain interest on layer two without having to pay uh, layer one fees. So those are the, I, I would say, like the main things to... Um, to look out for uh, in the very near future. Um, and then once uh, ZK Sync 2.0 goes live, uh, we will be launching with support uh, for different types of DeFi, pool, uh, or I should just say pooling in general, where you are able to uh, pool multiple tokens together into an automated market maker um, and be able to gain um, interest from uh, the trade volume. And then we'll be launching with a, an Explore page uh, directly inside of the app. So real quick, and, and again, it's just going to come back to this ZK Sync thing. How, how do you and your team feel? I mean, you're really like relying on another protocol um, for almost your entire roadmap. I mean, how do, how, how do you guys manage those expectations when, you know, you're probably sitting there going like, we could do this today. It's just too expensive. We have to jump over here and, and you know, work with our partners on this. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, it's, I, I would say it comes down to having a really open communication with them. Um, and saying, hey, this is where we're at, um, and these are the next steps to get to this point. Because um, right now, when you look at where ZK Sync is at, at this current point in time, uh, they have been on an alpha test net uh, for ZK Sync 2.0, uh, which went live, I think it was in November or December um, of last year. And they are about to go live with a public test net um, in the next um, in the next few weeks. Um, so basically that means in, I would say, in most likely two months um, from that point in time, um, they will be looking to migrate into a most likely a whitelisted um, mainnet launch. So only certain uh, teams will be able to essentially deploy. Um, I don't know if they're planning to do a whitelist launch or not. Um, so I so don't Take my word for that. That's just my uh, my anticipation there, um, and then uh, essentially going live uh, with a uh, with a public launch. Basically, you can think of the the launch process similar to uh, what occurred with a lot of the uh, the optimistic rollups from um, those that launched back in twenty twenty one. Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, I'm curious. It sounds like if you're mostly EVM compatible, why not just launch on like a Polygon or Avalanche or one, something else too to be able to get those like DeFi capabilities there? Like how come the focus on ZK Sync and ETH exclusively? Um, so since we haven't really announced anything about that stuff 
yet. Um, we are going to be supporting other uh, other layer twos inside of the app. Um, so I don't want to I don't want to share too much uh, information we haven't shared uh, publicly just yet. Um, so we are not tied only to zk sync right now. They are our main focus in terms of what we are looking to support. Um, but we are going to be building in support uh, for other uh, layer two solutions um, inside of the app. We are we have uh, two on our near roadmap that we're going to be launching. One is in. Uh, active development, um, and then we have another one uh, which we have been working on for a little bit, um, which we're excited to uh, to go live with. Um, and then we're looking to support um, other ones uh, later this year. Um, so right now, our main focus is and has been around ZK Sync, but uh, we are looking to be very agnostic in terms of um, ones that we are that we are looking to support, um, especially over the long term. Okay. Well, I've got a lot of questions on Vault because I think that's there's some really cool stuff you're doing there, which which is which uh, will not uh, cause any issues with zk <laughs> zk sync or whatnot. Um, but talk to me, and I just, like the most interesting one is the dead man switch. Just talk to me how that works. Sure. So. I will say we have not done too much work on uh, on Vault over the last few months. We have been very much prioritized on the mobile app. Um, we are planning to do work um, in the near future on Vault and really kickstart it again. Uh, we were we were working on it back in twenty. God, I'm losing track of my years. Uh, we were working on it back in twenty twenty. Um, and then decided to basically prioritize all of our work on the mobile app, getting that into uh, a good enough position where we wanted to basically branch off back into um, into Vault. Uh, so Deadman Switch, um, that is something that allows you to you where you are using a smart contract wallet, um, where if there is a certain amount of inactivity in that account. Um, it essentially, you can think of it as basically becoming nuked, um, where all the funds that are inside of that wallet uh, can then be uh, sent to an address of your choice. So basically whitelisting a specific address where all the funds are then uh, sent directly to that, uh, to that account after a certain amount of inactivity. Yeah, that's super cool. So basically, if I do lose my keys, you're like, nah, okay, whatever. You're gonna have to wait till you get your money back, but you're gonna get your money back at some point. That's correct. That's the the concept behind it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a neat way of dealing with the whole key loss problem. I and mean, obviously, it kind of assumes that you don't also lose the other key, but it also kind of makes it like to some extent not really your problem, right? Because like, I mean, it's like <laughs> I don't know. You have a backup one. <laughs> like, that, that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty smart move. Because that way, yeah, it's just it's kind of out of your hands. Yeah, I mean that's sort of the whole the whole thought uh, behind it. Um, I don't know if we're going to be basically changing in how we're going to be building this out uh, in terms of Vault, because um, a lot of our a lot of our priority has been around uh, the mobile app for about the last uh, the last year. So uh, we are planning on coming back to Vault. Um, and so I'm really excited to to really bring some of these these features and functionalities um, 
essentially back into prioritization. So yeah, I bring up the the dead man switch because I think it's a common problem um, that that occurs, and and we all have uh, funds that are lost somewhere at some point in time. Um, and we in our community, I, there's not a single week that goes by that somebody hasn't lost their keys, been compromised, or you know, we even had a, a user um, trade in their phone. <laughs> and 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 decide to do the wipe before they converted everything over, and they thought they had they had their keys backed up, and they didn't. So now there's, uh, you know, a, a good six figures uh, that will just be out there for till the end of time. Um, and I think that that this is a very elegant solution. Um, that worst case scenario, you lose your phone, and, and again, your phone your phone based or, or something happens. As as Stefan said, it's just time um, to to get to that point. So I think it's a very interesting way to to manage that custody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so don't um, so don't give up on that feature. I like that. <laughs> will do. I will definitely. I'll definitely let the team know. Yeah, and then you know you're trying. You're doing some stuff with multi sig. So again, you, vault's not your big big thing. But I just want to point out, you know, some of these things on the roadmap. Um, you know, I, I really like the the fact that there's kind of at least some understanding of multi sig capabilities and whatnot, even though if it convolutes uh, most of the vaults that are out there when you have those. Yeah, and I, I mean, I will say in terms of like multi-sig functionality, like we're, we're still really struggling in terms of like in, in the crypto industry as a whole in terms of a, a really solid um, product that has a very good UX for multi-sigs. Because like I, I love Gnosis, um, or I should say Gnosis Safe, um, and what they've done, like probably one of the most valuable pieces of infrastructure uh, for every single blockchain and protocol out there. Um, but the UX for like the actual application is just brutal. Um, and so it's basically just itching for any type of competitor to really come in or just any type of UI to come in and say, okay, we're going to be able to start allowing for these people to, uh, to use a multi-sig from this interface. Um, because that's really all it is when you're when you're dealing with uh, with Web three. It's really it really just comes down to whoever is providing the best interface uh, for a specific protocol um, or smart contract. Um, it, it really comes down to just providing a really solid interface and um, and user experience. How many uh, how many users do you have today? Uh, we are at about fifteen thousand. I, I think we're at fifteen thousand users. Uh, we've been very much uh, organic focused. We haven't really done any paid marketing at all. Uh, we've just been very much uh, focused around uh, actually building and development and and community building. Um, one of the things that we've uh, been focusing on or prioritizing is uh, specifically around educational content. Um, that's something that I, I pride myself a lot in um, because we know that we are a B2C company, like our, we're a B2C product. So we want to be able to provide the best user experience, but we also want to be able to educate our users and our, and our community about what is going on, whether it's inside of the app or what's going on in the community in general. And so we've been putting out a crazy amount of content um, and custom curated content, whether it's written or video content um, over the last year or so. Uh, so for me personally, I started up a TikTok channel, um, and I've put out probably 500 to 1,000 videos, um, completely free. We don't do any sponsored content whatsoever. Um, it's literally all just 
basically the goal is to, to provide uh, fun and educational content for people. Um, I, and yeah, people no, like I, that. I, I absolutely love that. And, and there can't be enough education in the space. Um, you know, we, we deal with this every single day. And one of our main core theses is we need to educate um, because, you know, and, and you have to fight because, you know, 95, 98% of the stuff out there on YouTube or written is just garbage. It's, you know, pump and dump, you know, mm-hmm. like nothing. Um, and there's some great tools available. There's absolutely amazing uh, ways to really dive into a protocol, understand it, but that's not what most people want. They just want to, you know, one moon and, 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 you know, jump aboard, jump aboard of a rocket ship. And, and most of them don't understand that when you jump on, you got to be ready to bail out pretty quickly because uh, because not every one of these things is going to continue to go up forever. So, um, what what's your what's the most traded uh, traded coin on Numia? Do you do you keep stats? Um, I don't know offhand. I I don't really look at that uh, directly. <laughs> um, I would we, probably we were, we were really surprised that like Doge was almost as much as Ethereum over on BitPay. Like was shocked. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. That's that is very interesting. I know that with uh, with Coinbase they released some information on their earnings. Um, I believe that it was Dogecoin that was like the number one traded asset for them uh, last year. And same thing with uh, I think it was Robinhood as well. Um, I don't know offhand what the most uh, traded asset is. Uh, my guess is that it's either ETH or Storage. Uh, we have a, a pretty pretty awesome user base. Uh, with the storage community, we have um, we've onboarded a lot of uh, SNOs, which are storage node operators, um, into into our app um, because since we've been very much focused around uh, zk sync um, as well as then, uh, we've been able to onboard a lot of their uh, their nodes into our app to begin to essentially receive payments and then obviously trading storage uh, from there, whether it's into ETH USDC or um, obviously, some of their investors looking to uh, to purchase ETH um, on their own, or I'm sorry, storage on their own. What's what's storage? Storage is the CK Sync token. Uh, no, so storage is a, another project that is currently building on zk Sync. Um, they are a decentralized. You can think of them as like a decentralized cloud. Uh, we actually built in support uh, for storage inside of our app, so. Um, all of the in-app assets uh, that you have are actually um, stored on the storage uh, decentralized cloud. Um, so they are not stored on AWS, um, at least anymore. Uh, they are now stored on uh, on storage. Oh, that's cool. Okay, thanks. Awesome. Yeah, no awesome. Awesome. Hey, I'm curious. What's your team and what's your funding situation? Uh, sure. So I'll take you into... You can see some of our core team. Uh, this is actually not our whole team. We've been actually onboarding a bunch of new uh, team members uh, very recently. Uh, we onboarded um, a whole bunch of new uh, new developers onto our team, uh, which has been uh, quite exciting. Uh, we are now at uh, it's either sixteen or seventeen team members at the moment. Um, we also raised uh, around about uh, a little bit under a year ago. Uh, we closed a, a pretty small seed round. We raised uh, 1.25 mil um, from a, um, a pretty awesome group of uh, investors. Um, it was a round led by Hashkey Capital. We had participation from uh, LD Capital, Yobi Capital, uh, Caballeros Capital, 
um, Duro VC, as well as uh, some Angels um, in the round two. So it's um, we're basically in the process of gearing up for uh, for our next round. Uh, we've had been getting a lot of people reaching out to us asking if we are actively raising right now. Um, at the moment, we aren't. Um, though we are obviously more than happy to to talk with with anyone who is interested, um, but um, yeah, we're we're planning to uh, to get another round started um, later this year. Um, so really excited to uh, to get the ball rolling on that. Awesome, awesome. Oh, that's a big team for one point two five raised sixteen people for a year. That's that's some good cash flow management right there. Yeah, we've been we've been doing a really really good job with that. Um, so I definitely have to give a really good uh, shout out to uh, some of our management team who's been uh, prior- prioritizing a lot of that. Um, it definitely helps that we haven't really wasted a lot of money on marketing because um, we've like our marketing budget that we've had so far has really just been us curating content. Um, that has been the the pri- primary amount of money that we've spent around marketing. Um, but, uh, our team has done a really, really good job, um, essentially managing our burn rate, um, and what our, what our cash flow is. So, um, kudos to them on that. Cool. Thanks. Awesome. Awesome. So, uh, let's jump into the, the final section here, which is, uh, alpha drops. Anything cool that you're seeing? Obviously you guys are, are very involved in a lot of protocols. Um, what, what are you into? Uh, NFTs, anything's fair game right now. Ooh, um, let's see. I would say one of the biggest things that I am excited about is I, I mentioned this earlier uh, in the talk, and I'm I'm very very bullish on them, uh, which are the like middleware bridges. I think that there is going to be a lot of uh, <laughs> there's definitely a lot of growing to do in that space. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see more hacks occurring um, or just exploits happening uh, with some of these bridges, um, which I I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, But a lot of them are very new and they're very different from some of the DeFi protocols. So I wouldn't be surprised if that does occur. But they are going to be one of the most important pieces of infrastructure for um, allowing for different types of layer one blockchains and layer two chains to essentially communicate and interact with one another in a very seamless manner. Um, and I think that they're going to be one of the biggest pieces of infrastructure uh, as we continue um, as we continue to grow um, or as the whole ecosystem uh, basically continues to grow. So some of those teams to, to keep an eye out for, uh, especially in terms of their TVL growth, user growth, um, and how many transactions are occurring on a, on a day-to-day basis uh, would probably be Connects Network, um, Hot Protocol, uh, Layer 2 Finance, um, Ferrum Network. Um, I know one of the ones that, um, that we're going to be looking to integrate is uh, Orbiter Finance. They've been focusing um, a lot around some of the ZK, um, the ZK Layer 2s. Um, so I'm really excited to see them uh, continue to grow. Um, but I think they're going to be, they're one of the most overlooked, um, pieces of infrastructure, uh, that should definitely get, uh, more attention that isn't. 
No, awesome. absolutely. And and it and it's true, you know, when we're talking about uh I think people have pretty much conceded that there's not going to be one chain to rule them all. It's going to be uh you know, a series of tubes, <laughs> much like the internet is today. Um yes. and and being able to bounce from from um chain to chain to chain, uh it it will be a commonality thing. So I I completely agree with kind of that's an it's incredibly needed and that's one of the spaces I think has just been entirely overlooked, uh, second only to wallet technology. Um, so I appreciate you you giving uh, MetaMask a good run for their money because I'm sick and tired of of dealing with with uh, with that. Um, but you know, what's your um, you know your overall feeling on on other ecosystems out there? I mean, clearly you guys are very focused on the ETH ecosystem. Is there any mm-hmm. others that you guys are actively exploring? Um, so in terms of other. We're definitely looking to support other layer twos. Um, as I mentioned uh, earlier, um, we are we are yet to uh, to announce any of those, so keep an eye out. Um, but we are definitely exploring um, other layer ones. Uh, we like our goal, as I mentioned, is to try and be as agnostic as possible. Um, I'm very curious to see how they grow uh, in terms of what they're looking to do in terms of solving um, a lot of the um, I would say the state issues and um, scalability problems because a lot of layer ones that I've been looking at um, have been essentially doing the same thing, but just at different points in time, um, basically just forking Geth and which it, Geth stands for go Ethereum, yep. uh, which is a, a client that runs uh, the EVM and either decreasing block size, increasing the gas limit, um, and or decreasing the validator set um, to basically help provide security or scalability. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and I, I think that that works for a short period of time. And I really want to see how a lot of these solutions personally, I, I want to see how they continue to develop over the next year or so. Um, and essentially to sort of see what happens. Um I'm I'm really excited to see a lot of the layer ones that are focusing on, um, especially on sharding. Like I've been really, really um, excited to see two specific teams that are working on that right now. Um, one being uh, Near Protocol um, and uh, Zilliqa. Those are, I think, two of the best uh, sharding chains out there. Um, and I've been really, really impressed uh, with what they're doing. Um, I think... I forget what the protocol is on Near. I think it's called Aurora, uh, which allows for Near to be uh, to be EVM compatible. Um, and I've been I've been wildly impressed uh, with what sure. they've been doing. Um, and so th- I, I would say those are specific ones that I'm looking at in terms of teams that are natively solving the scalability problems. Um, I've been incredibly impressed with a lot of the. Uh, a lot of the layer one chains that have grown exponentially over the last year, um, especially um, Terra, uh, Avalanche, uh, Solana. Um, I'd even throw uh, Algorand in there as well. Um, Obviously Polygon's POS chain has done incredibly well. And I'm I'm really excited about what they're doing with uh, some of their ZK tech. Um, but um, I, I'm I'm really curious to see how those do over the next um, over the next like six to twelve months. 
Mark, I, it's going to be absolutely fantastic to watch your career grow, to have somebody literally their entire business development career and, and management career is born into crypto. I mean, you truly, um, you know, OGs, generally we say, you know, 2013 and, and, and earlier. Um, but I mean, it, you're there. I mean, it's, it, you live it, you breathe it, you've, you've known nothing other than it. Um, so we're going to really be excited to have you back on over the years and, and see how this grows and continues. And again, thank you for, for taking on uh, a project uh, like wallets and, and something, you know, that, that it should be very simple and, and easy for most people to use. This is like the core foundation of if we are going to get true adoption in crypto, we have to make it easy. We have to make it user friendly. Like I, I understand MetaMask. I use it every single day, but like my parents will never use it. You know, my kid, my kids won't use it. So, I mean, it's, it's something that has to be attacked. And I think that everything you've shown in your roadmap is very cool to see. So really, thank you so much. Um, where, where can people find more, uh, learn more or, uh, you know, interact with you? I know you guys do a couple trade shows here and there. Yeah, so if you if you want to learn more about Numio, uh, feel free to check us out on our on our website. Um, it's numio.one, N-U-M-I-O dot O-N-E. Uh, we are very active on Twitter. Uh, feel free to go and check me out on TikTok. Obviously, if you don't have TikTok, please don't download it. Like it's it is a drug. <laughs> um, but um, so you can go and check us out there. We're very active. Um, and then, uh, we are going to be going to a variety of events, uh, this year. Um, we'll be at ETH Denver, uh, this coming week. Uh, really, really excited about that. Um, and then I'll be going to a bunch of the events that are going to be held, uh, in Florida. Um, uh, that's where I'm currently based in Florida. Um, I'll be going to a bunch of those, uh, throughout the course of the year. So I'll be down there for, um, for, uh, Miami blockchain week. Um, I'll be going to permissionless. Um, I think that's in like April. We, we um, will see. We will see you there. I think we've got about seventy of our members coming down for that one. Whew, that'll be exciting. Oh yeah, awesome. no, we'll, we'll, we'll cause problems. <laughs> okay, Perfect. I love it. Only, well, only Mark, the good problems. Only yes, the good problems. Uh, listen, so far so good. Uh, Mark, <laughs> thank you again so much. I don't know. You haven't met Jay. Jay has a tendency for bad problems too. <laughs> <laughs> the extra fun listen, ones. Listen, we're we're all degenerate gamblers around here, so that's why we're all into crypto. So, uh, Mark, thank you so much. That's Mark with Numio. Uh, thank you guys. Uh, Why whales? We'll catch you soon. Cheers. Have a great day. Why whales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbach passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywhales.com. Why Whales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media. Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.